Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it is episode two of our three-film journey into the Indiana Jones trilogy. Last week, we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. So this week, we of course watch Temple of Doom. And joining me as always, we have two guests, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and returning to the land of Indiana, it is Kate O'Sullivan. It's me. I'm back. It's it's like it's like we hadn't already planned that I'd do these three. No. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just amazing how this happens. Yeah. Kate, uh, how have you been since uh, since our last adventure with Indy? Good, busy. Uh, I have uni assignments coming out my ears, but that's okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna get there. We certainly are. Um, so Temple of Doom. Yes. What do you know specifically about this film? I, I think what I said on the last episode was probably accurate that I have like Indiana Jones in pop culture in my head. And so could I tell you which bits are from which film? No, no, mm. no, I could not. The only thing I know is that this is the one that if you ask people about the three gets mentioned the least, mm. like of the three people talk about Last Crusade, people talk about... Uh, Raiders, but mm. this one's the other one. Yeah. Well, there's this one, and then there's the forbidden one. <laughs> oh yeah, the one that we the, the one that we've highlighted that we don't talk about and we're not watching. Yeah, yes. That one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is like the black sheep. That one is like a whole other flock of yeah. weird animal. Yeah. That's the one where they go. This guy is like, you know, the black sheep, but this one his cousin we don't talk about <laughs> <him>. <laughs> this one got excommunicated we shall not mention them yeah. here yeah yeah, yeah absolutely they are not invited to the wedding yeah no they certainly aren't so uh, luckily we do have someone who has seen Temple of Doom and confusingly for me it's another Kate Kate Willoughby hello how are you doing Kate W <laughs> oh, I'm getting flashbacks to primary school. Yeah, um, it's going to be like that today. Uh, no, nah, you can just call me Willoughby. That's fine. I'll, I'll feel like a detective from the 30s. Uh, okay, oh. great. Willoughby, what what can you tell me about the Temple of Doom? <laughs> I don't know, Chief. I've got to... <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. My accent isn't good enough to keep doing that. Okay, so uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, you're right. It is the one that gets least mentioned. Um, uh, You'll probably find out um, when you're watching it. Um, It is the, the darkest one. So when okay. it comes to like it being the... The, the scariest, the sort of it, grittiest, it's definitely this one. And also, just so you know, it, from memory, it's also technically a prequel. So Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom is set before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course it is. Because obviously uh, uh, Indy has this character growth mm. in the movie and he ends up with the girl and they have the kiss and all that kind of stuff well they were like he can't be in a happy relationship but we just saw him end up with the love of his life so clearly this is a sequel which means he's more of he's definitely a bit of an asshole oh he's more he's, of an he's asshole, more of an asshole. He's, oh, more, good. <laughs> he's more of an asshole because it's a prequel right um uh. so even though you're meant to watch the movies in order because it's like they're like see indiana jones and he's all good and a hero hmm. now see him before for that movie and he's a bit younger and a bit more of an asshole. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting um, because um, so I should let you know okay I also have never seen the Indiana Jones trilogy. Oh. So yeah. this has been We're on of, this journey together. Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> so the fact that you've just said one of our biggest issues last week was was how Indy specifically treated Marion. Yeah. Um, oh, oh did it's not terrible. Like, did yeah. not like Oh yeah he, he sexually assaulted her. Yeah. She was 15 or 14. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it was 15. She was 15 because she's 25 in the... Yeah. 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 But in this one, you're saying we can expect worse? <laughs> um, 
Yes. <laughs> and also get really, uh, you know, we can, we love taking the mickey out of Nazis because Nazis mm. are, are evil. We yeah. are, will agree. Um, get ready to be uncomfortable by people's depiction of Asia. Uh. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> it's racist. It's, this is, that's another reason why people don't talk about it. There's mm. a lot of, it's pretty uh, Orientalism. Let's have a look. If you know that theory, you're going to enjoy this movie. Okay. In that you won't. Uh, Kate O'Sullivan, are you excited now? I, I mean, given how mad I got at depictions in the last film, sure, let's go on this roller coaster. Okay. <laughs> Why not? We're, we're, we're cresting a hill. It's yeah, let's true. go down the, uh, not a roller coaster, but a mine shaft, mm. <laughs> which will make sense. After you've seen the film. <laughs> okay, well, for those of you who are listening at home, uh, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and you cheat, Dr. Jones, as we watch The Temple of Doom. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and I'm joined once again by my guests, Kate Willoughby. Hello. And Kate O'Sullivan. What did I just watch? Well, Kate, (laughs) that's what we're here to ask you. Uh, Kate O'Sullivan, what did you think of the Temple of Doom? Uh, Yeah, Kate. (laughs) What did you think? I mean... Some of the cinematography was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Danny Daniels doing a great job. Yeah, the cinematography was good. Mm. The costume, pract- Some of the costumes are real pretty. Some yeah. of the costumes are real pretty. The set design. I have a, feel- yeah. practical I have a feeling effects. like we're talking around yeah. what the actual opinion of the film is, though. I mean, I, I, it strikes me that having just recently watched Raiders mm. that that doesn't feel like it belongs in the same franchise, and then pepper on top of that a metric bleep ton of racism. Like yeah. It just, mm, okay. Yeah. It was. Um. It it was it was a ride watching mm-hmm. this. Uh, yeah. It was obviously my first time watching it as well, and I pretty much have to agree that I wasn't massively impressed with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, it's like a fun adventure film. It's yeah. a fun action it, adventure. I'd film. watch it again. That was kind of the. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. But, but by comparison, this is awful. This is a bad. I, when, when I warned you going, it's pretty. I don't, I don't think you guys really be, were like, yeah, we, oh, we, well, we know it it's off. the 80s. Okay. But yeah. it, I, it just, I was like, it gets, it gets worse. Yeah. We've <laughs> seen Raiders. We know what it's like. I, we didn't. No. <laughs> no. It's just objectively not a very good film storytelling wise like mm. plot wise it doesn't make any sense there's there's a bunch of gaping big plot holes that don't, just, yeah mm. so just on like storyline wise yeah. it doesn't make sense and then yeah racism wise and then just like like how we said at the end and here come the british how they know that this is all going on who knows no, the maharaja was with them yeah oh yeah he was so somehow he managed because he'd get been them. broken out of his brain because, and that's why the british control. are good yeah. You know, the British are good. Yeah, and he was like, oh no, what do I need to do? I know, I'll turn to, to the ultimate white saviours, the colonising British. The colonising British to yeah. save And you can tell the they're day. the good guys because they're in blue. With mm. guns. And yeah. everyone else is in red with bow and arrow. Because yeah. they're primitive. Look, there's, <sighs> there's a lot we can unpick about that. But yeah. let's, let's just start with talking about yeah. 
the, what happens in this film, which is uh, the story is such that it is. We start in Shanghai, 1935, and we see Indiana Jones very much in the American James Bond mold, which they yeah. sort of tried to build this character in Lucas and Spielberg, but also tried not to lean into too much in the first film because they they wanted to make him quite distinct. Yeah, and they also wanted to show that the American James, he loves getting gritty and dirt. Like, so, you know, we mm. want to pay homage to him, but he's not actually James Bond. He's, yeah. America is more badass. America's got a very different view of, yeah. of how they see themselves. But then I wouldn't have put him in a white tux. That white tux was definitely in fashion at the time mm. and yeah. he looked good. It did look uh, good. And I mean, everyone else Harrison is in black Ford. and white and it's he's on, in yeah. the white. And, mm. yeah. It's on a very jacked Harrison Ford in this yeah. movie. Like, like he's it looks good. good. Mm. Uh, he's looking good. Um, but, you know, it's like they've done a little homage where he's like, he's meeting up with the bad guys. Uh, they say that wonderful classic line that I didn't realise was from this film, which is, what's that? The antidote, what? For the poison you just drank. Uh, 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 I know, and the open. I love that the fact that I was like, yeah, the first movie had like the the action adventure of the giant, you know, stone and mm. everything, and this one's just like musical number that mm. in a stage space that is fantasy magical because they go in the the dragon mouth and then they're in like a massive like, like sound a, stage, like they like singing in the rain cinematic sound stage yeah, which does even, happen in old Hollywood films they even but, did the singing in the rain thing with the giant cloth that she grabs yeah like it was incredible and then all of a sudden they're back on this tiny stage I'm like so none of the audience members would have seen that no. dance <laughs> number and also they're in Shanghai but all the dancers are white in, mm. and the lead you know I could understand them going she's an American lead it's in the it's in the 30s in Shanghai mm. so she's blonde hair blue eyes so she's meant to be this American starlet yeah. right for this for this little club which I get but it didn't make sense why all the other backup dancers actually well she didn't have to be white but uh, you know if you want to quote unquote, you could but get like, that. Like I could understand, you know, she's the Amer- the American who's come out to Shanghai to be the like fabulous. Yeah, like, and that's part of the attraction to also, this club. But then why all the dancers and all- white as well? Like there wouldn't be that many white women in Shanghai in, in 1935 doing dancing work. No. Guys, you've clearly never hung out at the Club Obi Wan. That's that's what I just. <laughs> I mean, I, my my personal favorite part about Club Obi Wan was being like now. Scientifically, would we have broken all of those pieces of fabric on the way down? Mm. Hmm. But also, I, it was just very comical because, like, I, I know that uh, it is uh, Indiana Jones is all about you know it's an action adventure. It's old, ho- it's paying homage to the old Hollywood stuff. You're not mm. meant to take everything seriously, and yeah. but the thing of like having and it did happen in older films where there's a huge fight happening and the band just keeps playing mm. and the girls keep dancing even though crap is going yeah. on. It. I know that older films have done that and it's worked oh, yeah. as a joke, but it didn't work in this. Like it, it did didn't. feel correct. It no. didn't. Fe- it could have been done really well if someone was like, "You keep playing," and everyone's mm. like, "Oh, like trying to pretend that yeah. there isn't this big shootout happening." It's interesting because we we just did Alfie uh, from 1966 on this on this program a few weeks ago, and that has a fight in this English pub mm. where there is um, some singing, uh, like there's a band performing on stage. And they keep performing, but it feels very much just like this is a rough pub in London. This happens, so we're going to keep performing. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. That At no point watching that scene in Alfie with this big, ridiculous, very comedic pub yeah. fight did I go, why are they still singing? That's ridiculous. Whereas in this, it was very much a case of, there's Tommy guns here. Like, what? why are you still coming yeah, out and dancing? Yeah, and same with the dancing. Oh, we've heard music and they still try to do the dance moves even though everyone's running from Tommy guns. You're yeah. like... 
no dancer gets paid that much like no and and also it just goes into so many of the stereotypes like straight away you've got like the sneaky chinese and they're 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 breaking like deals like straight out yeah um and then they go and whizzing the money around on a lazy lazy susan Susan. that was was fun um fun but like also just but mm. it was one of those things where then he had his partner that he always works with that you meet but then he dies straight away yeah so it shows that they've been partners for a long time and then that goes maybe that's why he was doing business in shanghai um and then short round is there so clearly he's been there long enough he's been in shanghai long enough doing work therefore Mm. would would presumably assume he was gonna get like there was gonna be some plan for them to not be able to like and the thing, Indy, you're not stupid. Why are you being so stupid? Yeah, and also it doesn't necessarily make sense because I know clearly there's this thing where the gang wants to kill them and they hop on the plane and they fly off and somehow land in India. Um, uh, that this guy has a plan of, I'm going to get you by killing you in this plane crash. But there was a more interesting storyline about this gang boss. Like, this is the thing. This is the other thing, storyline. You keep meeting different evil Asian people. And Mm. it doesn't make sense because that mob boss that we met at the beginning should have been then the big boss. Your partner just got killed. Short round is there. You've got the singer from the dance club that clearly used to be his on again, off again uh, romantic partner. He's trying to kill you. You're on the run. Then in theory... The movie should be based in Shanghai in 1935 to get the ashes back. Absolutely. At and this the is... end. And that makes so well, much more sense and, than mm. what the rest of the film you saw. And what it does is exactly what the start of the first one did, which was here is an introductory sequence that actually has nothing to do with the film. Yeah. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. But, but the first introductory sequence in the film from the first one, even though this is technically meant to be a prequel, prequel. <laughs> it establishes... Who Indiana yeah, Jones which, is, which is I was more accepting of that. Which is and more this, accepting, I'm like, but this, this one, this one doesn't make sense because you go, okay, it, like the reason you're doing what you're doing is because, like, because in the first movie, even though he did a separate sequence, you met the villain at the end. He managed to go through all the hard work, mm. and then the French guy rocks up and takes it, yeah. and it shows that he does. He, he's the archaeologist that yeah. you know gets all the high-end money while he's doing all the legwork, right? So it, it had a reason and a purpose for it. So if but we have to meet the girl who has to get stuck on the... Yeah, and she's like screaming and all that. Um, at least I, the, I literally wanted to punch her for most of this movie. Oh, yeah. Willie Scott, she's great. What's, what could you possibly have an issue with her for? Yeah, it just, <laughs> it, it just didn't make sense that I feel like what should have happened is mm. that he should have been the bad guy... Yeah. And that and that would have made so much more sense. And you would have had you could have done the fun musical number and you could have had so you meet the girl and you meet Short Round and they're on the run and then you have um you know and then the they realize that they have there's a reason why they need it or something. It feels like a completely separate film that they never made or yeah. that they were like like we could do this. Now let's be racist in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're just randomly in India, and then they're randomly going to do this. But then, then Indiana Jones wants to grab the rock because he knows how much expense, how much for fame, Mm. right? So he's doing it for greedy reasons. But then eventually he does save the kids that are slaves, and he gives the rock back. And he gives the rock back. Mm. So that's meant to show character growth, even though in the later films he does the whole "it belongs in a museum." Yeah. But anyway, um, but then really this movie is about 
his relationship with Short Round. So this girl is this woman is here. Mm. Right. To scream and to scream to... and flail, but really, this relationship is about this relationship that he has with this kid. And I think it would have been more interesting to have established that maybe the guy that he died mm-hmm. should have been maybe like short round's short dad. dad or yeah. short round's b- older brother or yeah. someone. That there was a connection between Wuhan and um, short round would have been would have been really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, rather than just have him do the. Yeah, it turns out I died first. Ha 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 ha. And then dying. Like that was a bet. Like in that, yeah. that kind of bet. And that goes into Short Round going like, if you listen to me, you'll survive more. Yeah. And having that fear of Short Round doesn't have anyone. He's just lost his dad and yeah. he can't. Yeah. You know, and I think that would have added so much more depth. And then also having a reason as to why they have the woman there. Because again, she, he kidnaps her, right? Yeah. So her boyfriend wouldn't be angry at her because it's literally like, I was con- kidnapped. I was kidnapped by a mad by, archaeologist. By yeah, like why with would a plane. I? Like right? It's, yeah. He's like, I'm letting you come with me. No, you kidnapped her. Yeah. At no point did she want to come with you. At no. Like, no, no. She wanted to come with you once you gave her a big plate of fruit. Oh yeah, and then all of a like, sudden they hate each what? other. But then all of a sudden he turns around. They add music, and then they go. They're going to do it. And this is what gets me with like storytelling and just straight cinema. Like, Mm. like straight people can literally just have music and a dude turn around and go, well, now we know that they're going to have sex, even though they've shown no, them fighting and him belittling her. That was like foreplay. And I'm like, I I have to say, I've never seen a more accurate depiction uh, from my experience as a straight person of what uh, relationships are like when they're sat in their own bedrooms brooding. Because that's yeah, what that, normal that part, people that part, do. Yes, believable. Yeah. The part that comes immediately before or after that? No. Yeah. But but it is weird. And it's like so it, weird. The, the romance in this film, like the romance between there is no Indian, romance. Yeah. There is just it's just uh, tension. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's just tension. It's I'm, like yeah. they're going through shit and they just go, let's just have sex because we're just because we can. Yeah, yeah. There's no romantic. It's yeah. Just, I, I, I use the word lust. romance because I think that is probably what the intention was from the people that wrote this. But I think they maybe have a misunderstanding of what romance actually is. Maybe yes, they've spent too much time in their rooms writing a script rather than actually yeah. talking to a single human being and on the I face think of the planet. And I think it's very, very telling that at, at the time that this film was being made, um, Spielberg and Lucas were not having good times uh, in, their, in their personal lives. They were mm. both going through big breakups. Um, Lucas was getting divorced. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg, I don't think, was married... Uh, but was going, like, breaking up with a long-term partner. Yeah, well, he met the actress that was that played the love interest. He, mm. That became his wife. They met on set. And they've been, they're still together. They are still married. They've so, been married 30 years. So, like, that's, that's the lasting well, legacy. Whoopee, but also... <laughs> ugh, like, yeah, and it shows that they hated women at this time. Like, it just really... Yeah. They, there um, are no women in this film aside from her. And she is a wet blanket. And that's being nice. And she mm. screams. And he goes, I just hate the noise. Like, and I'm, But, like, she, she screams for a solid five minutes mm. of, like running around, running into different animals. I'm like, Again, what a lot you of... would do very quickly is run back to the group, sit down. Mm. Yeah, but I get the... I get, the problem is that it was, another, it was another gag that would be funnier if she was running in the background. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like the different... It would have been funnier if she was running in the background as they're playing cards. And this is interesting because a lot of this film, a lot of the criticism of this film that I know about coming into it is that it's very dark. It is very dark. But... And it is dark, absolutely. But there are also those comedy moments. I just feel as though the comedy moments didn't land. None of them landed. Compared, the, compared the to The only Raiders. one that lands yep. is the guy getting hit in the head with the hammer. Yeah. He throws it back and it hits, it hits him and that's pretty head. funny. And I was like... <laughs> and then realised that was the first time I'd laughed in the, almost the entire film. Yeah. And that's I was like, right near the end. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Like... 
Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think, yeah, the, the, obviously there's just something not quite right about this film in terms of, well, in terms of a lot of things, but in terms of, like, it, it does lack the, the, I suppose that, that that sense of adventure and what comes with the sense of adventure, which is the escapism and almost the joy of being, like, these this Indiana character going around the world trying to solve these mysteries. Whereas in this film, it kind of just feels like it's a real... Slog. It just doesn't it, feel yeah. like it belongs in the same box no. as the previous no. film. It's and he's th- not going on an adventure. He's told that he sh- has to go there because he was sent to do it. Mm. And then he goes there and then he's explained what it does. And then mm. he stumbles upon the slate. Like he's always, they're always accidentally stumbling into yeah. like, things. He was never meant to be in India. That plane was, that was an assassination attempt that he survived with the, with the life raft. Yeah. Which brings us to what the science uh, Kate O'Sullivan. So, I'm so mad because I know exactly what you're going to ask me about and I'm still mad about it. Hey, Kate O'Sullivan, uh, yeah. can you survive jumping out of a plane with a life raft? No. Okay. Just no. Just a flat no. Okay. Cool. Like, like, Done. <laughs> you, if, if vague recollection is right, Mythbusters tried this three times or five times or something... By dropping a dummy out of a plane, at no point did the dummy survive, leave alone an actual human person. Yeah. Leave alone three human people, mm. one of whom is a child. Yeah, like, so just yeah. doesn't work. Just don't use a life... If you're going to use it, maybe quick, maybe like use it as a parachute instead. Hmm. See, that's what I thought was going to happen when they were getting it ready. And then I was like, oh no, they're just... It's a boat and it lands on the side of a mountain and turns into a fun bobsled ride. Yeah, but then they land in the water. That was hmm. pretty funny. Like, it, this thing... Like, if they used it as a parachute, landed, then sat on it and you could have had the whole ride as well. Hmm. Yeah. I Except for the bit off the waterfall because like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. There was a lot of... There was a lot of suspension of disbelief adventure stuff, which hmm. again... If the movie was good, you would go, okay, like that's well, the... I, I feel yeah. as though we we were a bit more forgiving of Raiders because the film was going along better. Like it, it, yeah. it was working better than whatever Temple of Doom was trying to do. And also, even though there were things that were completely off, you could still go in the realm of this feels realistic enough, but using heightened old Hollywood adventure like you because obviously protagonist of the story there's always that extra bit of power and extra bit of movie magic Hmm. that even when things are going like okay would that you sort of go you know what it 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 feels believable in the in the world to an extent while this one just it's it it goes to extraordinary to it like like them falling out of the window falling through the things in the last one not going through you can go, that fits in Indiana Jones world. Yeah. And that I, I, fits like, in an Indiana Jones world. You go, they've managed to... My brain will do a little, t- like, 30 second of, like, could they have actually done that? But actually then just bypass it and be like, that was my brain just doing that. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, you, and it gets used in action films enough that you go, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then there's some the bridge one, even though the bridge was, like, a crazy thing yeah. breaking, but them holding on and that, it's a big scene, but you mm-hmm. go... There's yeah. some, there's, you know there's what? You know some what? Movie, in that scene, but like, yeah, okay, yeah, movie. You, you're like yeah. movie magic totally works. Then there's others that just sort of go. They go like it's like the mine. The thing is fun, but it, it goes for not way too long. Oh, the minecart chase. That minecart chase, like yeah. it's fun, but I, it's one of those things where you're like. We started talking about whether they would ever design a mine that looked like that in the middle of that sequence. That's how long it went on for. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, it would be a really fun ride. Oh, yes. The whole time I was like, oh, I, I, the only yeah. good thing that must have come out of this film was the amusement ride that would have come from yeah. this at some point, mm-hmm. you would hope. But yeah, and the only thing that saves this film throughout the whole way is 
the few interactions that um, Indiana has with Short Round. This should actually... be Short Round and the Temple of Doom. That's yeah. the name yeah. of this well, film. First of all, that name, Short Round's name is terrible. It's mm. like the actor does an amazing job making this that 2D cute kid character not feel yeah. like a, a like terrible mad, mad racial cross. stereotype. Like that yeah. is... Um, and the relationship that he has with Indy it has some really mm. sweet moments that again... I feel like that should have been more. That should have been more of the focus, and it wasn't in a way. The woman was just there in the background. But I, I honestly think that's why, you know, Short Round should have had a relationship with the other guy that died. Mm. I think that would have been more interesting. Do you need a reason for Short Round to stick around essentially like because you can tell that he loves him and, he, and he's trying to copy him he like yeah. you see fight scenes where he's fighting oh, the same way the thing way with the food and... in the very first scene in india and where he trying... just like he mimics all he's the little... mimicking him and he mm-hmm. he's obsessed Cute. with his hat like like india's with his, his... you know so it, it has this very sort of sweet which then also makes me think that his friend that died i was like i was like so there's just these two men and this kid <laughs> Doing archaeological things and this kid sees them as a family. I was like, I was like, oh, I'd like to see that film. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like that there was another film in Shanghai mm. that was more yeah. interesting and we that we that we it. that we never saw. Yeah. Like, there is one other thing that I just have an issue with in this film, and it's just the idea that we kept getting introduced to people and things. And then they either didn't matter or they completely changed the rule set. Yeah. Like, okay, so you're going to set up this ritual, disgusting thing that I don't actually particularly want to watch. I'd much rather be Willie hiding behind a rock Hmm. where you've got to take the heart out of someone to do the thing. And then in the version that's got Willie in it, we lose half of the stuff that happens yeah. with it. And like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's not... Um, it, it, they, they bring an indie to do it. There's no heart pulling out. Like, it's it's almost like they're making it up as they go. I it's know, just... but also, like, characters that you didn't need, like, wouldn't it have made more sense? Like, if the British... If the other guy... So, I don't even... There were so many characters, I can't even remember the names. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy that had the suit and the glasses. British guy with... British guy, Mandarin collar glasses or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I How think he, he was clearly, just referred to as the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister... No, he was the... No. He wasn't the Prime Minister. Oh, he was... Okay. He was, the like, the emissary for the, the Maharaj... Em- for the... Um, for the kid, the, the Maharaj. Kid, the Maharaj kid. Yeah. Like, it would make more sense that he was the guy... That was doing all the sacrifices, right? Like storyline-wise, you see him in the suit. He hates the British, hmm. and then so when you see the sacrifice, this man in the suit is now in that outfit. But again, still super racist. If anything, a way to make this less racist would have been if it was the British that were doing this, right? Because they had the, the, the British, British doing the heart pulling ceremony. Um, the sense of. Britain throughout history, when they found out diamonds and jewels and things that are, they fight for it. Like they literally steal giant diamonds that belong in the the Queen's crown, right? They famously go, we want that golden stool. Give it to us. We'll have a war over it, right? So they they do it all the time. So it would make, it would be fitting that this this palace that had been closed forever, Mm. all of a sudden they get the young um, kid who's been taught and raised in Britain, but then the leader himself is a white British um, a diplomat person and mm. they're taking cultural things that mean a lot to the people mm. using but then you don't get weird is, gross like yeah and doing what and they think is um you mm. know part of the cultural thing to gain more power so yeah. then you have the whole well you're butchering 
a ceremony that was never like this. So if you see the 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 barbaric, but then you can't have the noble savage scene work and all of the lovely exactly. versions of primitivism that we get throughout this entire. A hundred percent, and that's what the point of the film is, and that's what sort of loses it is because it actually would make more sense that yeah that that's what the British would be doing, um, yeah. and they would be taking things from the land of the people because of colonialism mm. and. Uh, uh, bastardizing their culture. Like, to be perfectly frank, when they did say that uh, you know someone had come in and taken the stone, I was like, oh, we're doing the colonial thing. The colonial. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not doing the colonial thing. We're doing a weird culty thing. Great. Because they hate the British, but the British are bad. But they can't make the British villains. But we're gonna have slaves. We're gonna have child slaves yeah. in the mines. They took kids <sighs> for some reason. Just don't... It was almost as though they just threw together a bunch of like evil sounding things and just went you know what we want to make a vaguely fun but also a little bit darker than the last one film and it just didn't work this time no like you you compare this to something like empire strikes back which is a lot of the same creative people involved yeah and they'd had that success with taking star wars and making it a little bit darker yes and with this it does feel like they went how can we make indiana jones darker let's do voodoo even though it's not really part of this this sort of part of the world's magic belief system and let's take um, Neither of vampire bats. Yeah, yeah, and, um. and human human sacrifices and pulling hearts out of chests and like objectively, like some of that just just like seeing somebody pull a beating heart out of somebody's yeah. chest and then it gets set on fire as he's dropped into it's the scary. lava. It's it's scary and it's good like filmic language that you don't need words for of seeing like this is some evil stuff that's happening. Yeah, but the context and what it's wrapped in is is just really distracting it's from it like so racist and like like Mola Ram the character of Mola Ram who is the the guy who wears the cow helmet uh, the cow mm-hmm. skull helmet yeah he's a like just a good general like villain figure literally when he ran to hit away in the secret exit that he was known for some reason he goes <laughs> This secret exit trapdoor was created because yeah. people a hundred years ago knew that this might, you know, we yeah. might need. And he literally just went, <laughs> like yeah. as he rolled <laughs> away, he did this evil villain laugh. Yeah. Like it was like to the, yeah. So yeah, he plays yeah. the comical yeah. Amrish villain. Amrish Puri, who plays him, is fabulous. Mm. It, it very much in sort of like, a, I kept thinking of the mummy watching this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so very much in like an Imhotep kind of way, um, yeah. with the with, you know with the priest with his you know shirt off and running around all that, yeah. that guy. I was like, oh yeah, I can see how these guys are sort of like from cut from the same cloth to an extent. Mm. But he's very unfleshed out yeah. as as a villain. Like the motivations, as you say, seem very muddled. It's like, like we're gonna get all the stones and we're gonna be powerful and this palace is gonna be powerful. I guess inferring India will be. Independent. Independent and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But again, that's why it would have made more sense that that British Prime Minister assistant, you saw him hating the British. Mm. That if he was this dude, you would go, oh, okay. Like, that they added sense. another actor character that you're like, you could have just combined them. But again, it still would have been super racist. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it would have been concise racism. It would have been concise racism. <laughs> it would have been concise and almost in a not... It, not not explicable in the way that we can explain something away, but explicable in the way that you're like, oh, it makes sense that these characters are being racist mm. because Britain, but like yeah. in at the time, like. But speaking of racism, mm. um, let's let's talk about food uh, and the the sequence, the dinner. Um, 
Yeah. So, More danger noodles. Why? So, yeah. So the snake's surprised. So as we're watching this, and I hadn't seen it before, and there's a big snake, and they cut it open, I'm like, oh, I bet there's loads of little snakes inside that I was, like, joking. Yeah. No? Well, they're more eels. <laughs> they it are more like eels. But, more you know, eel. like, to me, they are leeches, and I'm like, that is just gross, and I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, but the idea if they're just being, like, smaller versions of the bigger danger noodle inside, I was like, what is this? And then they bring out the beetles, and that guy's and eating the them. monkey brains. The monkey. And, was... and you're just made to watch them eat it in yeah. a really... They're all overweighed and greasy yeah. and it's like and like it's a, it's a bunch of like big fat guys it's it's a bunch of it's Stephen Hunter who plays Bomber in the Hobbit film it's just like ten of him in like various different outfits with big false moustaches all going snake oh, surprise like that kind of thing and, and yeah and it goes back into that like and then monkey brains like now, just really and the thing is is we've all eaten Indian, Indian food. food we've been to Indian we've seen Indian food especially in the 80s yeah like also, like yes, India is huge. So there's different there's different cuisines. But like even if you just went all with, over, even if you just with, went with what a Western audience in the eighties think of as Indian food, yeah, that would have been better, yeah, than what they did. If, like yeah. I'm not saying good. If you assumed it was but, just butter chicken and poppadoms, that's at least based in some and level. Rice. Yeah, it, that's based in some level of reality. Yeah, or at least if they try to go oh, like uh, this is some rice meal and this is. Some well, we saw the rice meal with the really poor people. Poor, yeah, mm. and, and then, then we, what? Yeah, and then if they just had random pastes of food in different colors, and mm. you know, that would have been wrong. But at least you would have gone okay. But and here's the thing: like cultures have different types of style of food, mm. and you know, I there are cultures where people do eat brains. I don't know enough about all the parts of India to comment on whether that's a. I feel a, like I would strongly doubt that you're entire content of your meal would be effectively snakes beetles monkey brains hmm. i feel like there was something else additionally gross in there yeah. a soup with eyes oh, that's, out. Yeah. that's a lot of soup. protein like firstly it's a lot of protein yeah. secondly also firstly this... soup would go first Sorry. yeah true true why would i don't the know soup... maybe it takes maybe it takes longer to prepare your eyeball soup and these are supposed to be like a, um hmm. an amuse-bouche yeah, to, to yeah, but yeah, it is just one of those things where the meals just don't. They were literally made to be like maybe they were gazpacho eyes that were served cold. Like you know, it's meant to be more of a dessert. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things where they just like look at the gross foreign food. Yeah, and like and look, look at, this, at this plate of fruit that is delicious looking. So that delicious. I got out of like, where did you get? Yeah, the fruit. Two that's... apples, some grapes, and whatever else was on that plate. Like... The, the fruit that is so delicious, you're just going to drop your standards and have sex with Harrison. Yeah, Ford. and she just starts eating it out of his hand because she's so obsessed. Yeah, with in a weirdly in sexual a weird... way. Just, and he looked mm, at her, mm, ate mm, it, and went, mm. "I'm gonna f her." Yeah. Like <laughs> it was, it was I will not say, good. <laughs> short rounds line before that. It's it's hilarious. Like, Let me know what happens later. Yeah, like, which, which <laughs> is exactly what a ten-year-old child would do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Again, short round was. I hate the name, but he was a great character mm. because the actor did a really good, good job. job, and that's yeah. why I kept saying like the act, the character. If, if you couldn't get the actor, because you know I don't think he acts anymore. I think he's a, uh, I think he's a pilot. He's mm. not an actor anymore because he couldn't get a lot of work after being a kid. Because ah, oh, shocker, Hollywood's super. Hollywood's racist. got a race problem. Well, I mean, what? I, I will um, say. Yes, it is. But also, you know, there are quite a few child actors that do not progress. Oh, yeah, because they hit an age where they go, oh, you can't act, but you're cute. And now you're getting older and you yeah. still can't act. But I, I certainly don't doubt that there was probably a race thing in yeah. there as so, well. But, but he could act. Like, we're, we're talking about a kid who doesn't fall into that unfortunate Yeah, he does. He but does nothing else. Um, but I would have loved to have seen the character pop up in 
the fourth Indiana Jones film, whether he was a pilot or a driver, because you saw him do so much driving. And, mm. and he has that line, like, if you listen to me, you won't... Something like, if you listen to me, you'll live longer. Like, he has mm. that kind of... And I think it would have been really cool to have seen that character as an adult mm. leading a really good life in the film. Because, mm. again, we yeah. were like, man, this is your film, dude. Like, you're doing such a good job. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, who played uh, mm. Short Round, uh, one, he's 49 now. Um, so, you know, time is is, is a bitch. Um, he, he did do some acting after this. He was also in The Goonies, yeah. Um, yeah. which we discussed before. Um, he appeared in quite a few um, TV shows in the early 90s, things like that. Um, having studied Taekwondo, um, partly for uh, Temple of Doom, so because he did some pretty oh, good yeah, he Taekwondo. Did some pretty, like, that tracks with his random martial arts. He, did, he just randomly yeah. kicked. He did a good job. He I was did. like, kick him butt. He ended up getting work as a stunt choreographer for films, including the first X-Men film and oh, wow. The One. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he worked... Um, he was the assistant of the renowned Hong Kong fight choreographer Corey Yuen, mm. um, and he has... He still acts. He still appears in things. What? Um, yeah, he was in the cast of the Netflix film Finding Ohana. Um, that came out. I haven't seen that. Yeah, that came out relatively recently. Um, and he has also been announced as a cast member for the upcoming science fiction film Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ooh, so no, nothing about him being a commercial airline no, pilot. There but... must be another child actor that became a pilot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, he's still acting. I, but... I, 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 I want to say, know... say something, but it's going to come across really wrong, which is just, they all look the same, those child actors. But um, then, you no, know. No, I, like, I know there was a story where a kid was like, I'm now, they, they do the whole, where are they now? So And someone was the, like, I'm a pilot. And the kid like, from The Shining so became a maths teacher. I know mm. that. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. there are some that have random jobs, mm. and I remember a pilot. Yeah. And Macaulay Culkin became Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Like, yeah. He just became famous for being a child actor that didn't work and yeah. managed to make a living out of it somehow. Yeah. Well, it's because he could retire at the age of like 12. There That's is true. that, true. His I, parents didn't yeah. steal his money like other child actors. He That's invested. Oh, I just... Just thinking about like how good... Like, compa- like comparing the female leads in the, in the, the oh, two films, terrible. I'm like, I feel bad about how mean I was about <laughs> Raiders because... Mm. Right. I, I feel as though you're gonna love the Last Crusade. Is she really, or is it? Is, is, it really? ha, oh, is, is this a is this a Simon? You're gonna love it, or is this a I'm actually gonna love it? Because you'll find out, oh, I guess. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I will say I did. If it th- helps, she doesn't scream, scream as much. <laughs> and she does wear pants. Okay. Doesn't um, scream, does wear pants. That's good. And, are they pants uh, that are not Indies pants? Through the entire film. Um, That's a no. That's no, a no. She does, she does get in a lot of pants. She does love Dr. Jones. Okay. Good, good to know. Yeah. Um, I, I do have to, I do have to say though. Um, yeah. I, I think certainly Marion comes off a lot. Having a seen lot this, Marion is yeah. a whole lot better than but, I gave a credit for. But I also don't feel that, that having seen this it invalidates the criticisms that no. you had of Raiders like Raiders was like not great this is just woo it's we, all we the way we said down. Raiders was crap yeah mm. she, well the thing is this Marion doesn't even have any character growth in this like she hated every second of it you don't mean oh, Willie Willie yeah oh my god yeah. Marion wasn't in this one Marion wasn't in this one she's still in a bar in Nepal 
No, she's not. <laughs> well, no. she, we don't she know could... yet. We don't know if she's there yet. Oh, true. Oh, well, was it a year? This, well, this maybe... is a year before. Well, then she could have been working, running that bar in the yeah. bar. Yeah, but we don't, we don't, we don't know where yeah. she is yet. She's, she's, she's not a... gotten there yet. That's true. true. Yeah. She's probably having shots. Let's say that. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's got a big uh, tolerance for alcohol that she has been cultivating over this time. Yeah, but um, yeah. Well, he doesn't really have any. Like she was kidnapped, mm. then just had to go through it, then got taken again, and then nearly died. And then, but also she let the kid do a lot. She was like, oh, go help him. And like this kid is going up against a giant adult that's kicking Indy's butt. Yeah. And I'm like, you're an adult. Like, mm. yes, you're a woman. Be but an if adult. But if you're looking at the strength level of a 10-year-old kid mm. to what, a 30-year-old woman. But I'm in my fashionable night clothes and I could not possibly. Flip. My nails. My oh. nails are cracked. Oh, my God. I, you know, <laughs> I like the thing is it would have it would have made, and she hated every second of it. And I do love the idea that this person was like, no, I hate this. You will never see me again. We're going to have some rough and tumble sex. But that's it. That is it. And I like, I, I, I would have, I do like but if like, they had she's... stuck that to a different way of her just, she stormed away from him. He wrapped a whip around her waist. And then she's like, oh, it's fine now. I'm like, because no, she oh, it's of, not she fine. She had like a smirk and the music was romantic. Yeah. So it's, you know. All, all the children they rescued were there going like, yeah, kiss, kiss, kiss. Except, except Short Round is like, I don't want to see this. Yeah, Short Round tried to save us with the elephant spraying them with water. Oh. And like the village was fine after that. Like yeah. somehow in the span of what maybe a week mm. i don't know how long the traveling would have taken to get there but let's give it let's, let's say, say, let's say let's, two weeks on an off let's chance. say like a week or two yeah, that the village is green again that everyone's wearing nice clothes yeah and, and you're like okay um mm. it, it, it's just not a it's not a good film yeah. and i there are some aspects it just doesn't match the language of what indiana jones was established in the first movie mm. I, yeah. It 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 tries to go super dark and use comedy, and I don't think it works. I, I, you know, I would have been mad if I had seen Raiders and loved it in the cinema, mm. and then I'd gone to see this. I would be mad. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's the thing. And in the first movie, Nazis are bad. You know what I mean? Like, if you're doing if you're doing caricatures of yeah. Nazis, mm. you go, Nazis are bad. Nazis, Tick. yeah, right. But this one, it's like. It's like you're doing caricatures of people that were being oppressed by the at the by the British, yeah. right? So they're not. You're not actually. And in the third film, it's Nazis again. Yeah. Um, oh, you good. Know, they're uh, back. <laughs> and and in the fourth film, it's it's Russians because it's the Cold War. Yeah, it's the new Nazis. It's the new Nazis. Um, but like in this one, it just didn't. It just didn't make sense. I think it required a level of nuance that we were not going to get from in, in any Indiana Jones film. No. So yeah, I, I just. And you know what? I think the fact that the franchise has largely steered away from that from since. This, yeah, and has not done something close to this film. Yeah, good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe suggest that lessons were learned. Yeah, they went, we should go back to Nazis. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. The, 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 the sentence, we should go back to Nazis, is not something that you should ever have to think. That's yeah. true. But uh, yet. Yeah, it, it is. It's not, it's not a great film. And this is the thing what gets me, is that there are people that go, Indiana Jones, there were only three films and they refuse to acknowledge the fourth film. I sort of go, I I prefer the fourth film over to this one. Mm. So there are still only three films. It's just that you're picking a different uh, three. Yeah, well, I acknowledge that this one exists, but, uh, you know, the visual effects are terrible in the fourth film and the practical effects in in this one are really good. Mm. Um, And there's definitely some issues with it, but it's sort of like, it's, you know, it's still... You, 
I can understand why I know a bit about Raiders and a bit about Crusade and I knew jack all yeah, about this the film. Only like scene, i totally understand yeah the only scene why. you know is the bridge like and you, the, they, the, the i've seen some of the mineshaft bef- but but parodied yeah. in other things yes yeah. so like the bridge shot gets used in like trailers and ads and that's all they really use yeah where he's on the bridge he's got his sleeve ripped off and he's all like and that and that's the reason that i think they just like to pretend this film doesn't exist and nobody really watches it yeah. um it's like so do you want to watch indiana jones we've got raiders we've got crusade can we watch Temple? We've got Raiders. We've got Crusade. Crusade yeah. Like, yeah. Um, would you guys like some trivia about oh, Temple? Oh, give it to me. Okay. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia is to do with the rating system. Because this film, along with Gremlins, which uh, came out in 1984, led to the creation of the PG-13 rating. This was something we talked about during the watching yeah. of the film as well. Many people felt that both movies were too violent for PG, but not violent enough for R. Some believed that uh, both films would have been R-rated if Spielberg's name hadn't been attached to those films. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I feel like also this one being attached to the first one, that would make sense too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The rope bridge used during the final fight scene was actually suspended a couple of hundred feet across a gorge on location in Sri Lanka. Um, acrophobic Steven Spielberg would never walk over it and had to drive a mile and a half to reach the other side. Harrison Ford, on the other hand, had no such fear and would run across it at full speed. Uh, and that's just as well because he was the one on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And also that, yeah, that bridge scene. I do like, cause he did say shit as well. And you're like, that's how you know yeah. it's a PG-13. It was the only swear word yeah. that was, I think, in that whole it was film. A, an appropriate time to say it as yeah. well. Um, the scene with the broken bridge uh, proved to be a challenge to film since they couldn't use stuntmen for the dangerously long drop. Uh, this was solved by making 14 dummies to stand in for the Thugi guards. Yeah. Yeah. They, each dummy contained a mechanism and batteries inside them which could operate their leg and arm movements. Like, oh. The dummies were fastened to the bridge with the mechanism rigged to start working as soon as they were released from the rope bridge. This made the dummies look like they were really kicking and flailing as the bridge is cut. That's pretty smart. I like that. Really that's, cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a really cool practical effect mm. to be and, able to do. And this film has a lot of really great practical effects. And I think that's something that maybe the, the previous half an hour of this was shit, that was shit that we just had, maybe glosses over. So this this film is still a pretty high standard of, like, of effects. Yeah, because the CGI that you do see looks a bit... They've done the classic art. They've filmed it and they've put the actors in front of yeah. it. They've yeah. edited the actors around the... But like the pulling the heart out effect um and all you know the sets we were talking about the the hand being on fire with the heart like and like where where the mine uh overthrow was and there was like the fist fight between indy and the big guy Mm. from the first film but in a beard this time like those sets were great 100 percent. some really great things costume lots of lovely things it's just a shame that it wasn't a better story well as as i said we gave it lots of compliments at the start Including those things, yeah. Well, yeah. I just I just want to throw them back in there, just in case yeah, any yeah, of the production sure. team are listening. Um, Steven Spielberg wanted Karen Allen to reprise her role as Marion Ravenwood, but he and Lucas had already decided that every movie should include a different woman for Indiana. Oh, they've already decided. I mean, they hadn't made the movie yet. Yeah, no, no. And it wasn't even they hadn't even made multiple films. Yeah. So it, it's like there'd only been there'd only been one movie. I think it ties into that James Bond thing. Of, yeah. you know, there's always a different Bond girl. Also, because this one was a prequel and... If they, they decide to make it a prequel, but, then but, you yeah. go, okay. But ten years! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, I, it makes sense why they didn't have Marion for this one. 
but yeah, that whole thing of like, yeah, he's got to have a different woman in, in every film is like, hmm. but but she, we could just make Marion his money penny and everything would be fine. We'd have her back and she'd be great. Mm. Mm. Uh, this would eventually change for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah. which um, we, we weren't watching in this trilogy. But when we when we do eventually get there, we should. Uh, I mean, if you want to, you could just watch it. That's true. Could, yeah. Or I could not. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, Dr. Nana Yakara, uh, cast as the Indian village shaman, didn't speak a word of English. He delivered his lines by phonetically mimicking Steven Spielberg, who was prompting him off camera. The pauses in his dialogue were therefore not for dramatic effect, but he was just waiting for his next line. He did a good job. Mm. Yeah, he does a really good job. Yeah. For the bug chamber sequence, Kate Capshaw was really covered with over 2,000 insects. She took sedatives prior to the scene to get over her initial fear and claimed they definitely worked, end quote. Not sure you should necessarily be doing the job if you have to have sedatives. No. No. Well, that's a thing where now today you would have special effects. Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. have to actually worry about all those bugs. Well, and, and I mean, some of those, but like I have handled the spiny leaf insects, which are the big like beige mm. ones before we used to have them at work, but which are like are fine, but they do feel weird when they crawl all over you. So I don't blame her for being a bit creeped mm. out by them. Uh, Amrish Puri shaved his head for the role of Mola Ram. This created such an impression that he kept the look and became one of India's most popular film villains after this. So he, yeah, yeah. he just was like, you know Something what? positive You know came what? Out of he that. got a job in India as the villain for the rest of his life. Good job. Yeah. yeah. He's he a good, did a good job. He's a good he villain. Did a good job. He did a great job as a villain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, An unproduced script that became Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh has uh, Indiana revealing what happened to Willie because she doesn't appear in any of the other mm-hmm. films. Um, apparently the line is, last I heard she married a big shot director, end quote. This is an in-joke as the actress Kate Capshaw did indeed marry Steven Spielberg. Uh, that joke didn't make the final draft of Kate, uh, Crystal uh, Skull. Okay. Good, good. I feel like that, that's, that's probably... Yeah, and also again, mm. she had a terrible two weeks. You know, she would have... Mm. You know, why mm. would he keep in contact with this woman that he shacked up with? Why would she want to stay in contact with him? Is, yeah. yeah. I want to know. What happened to Short Round? Well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that get mentioned? It doesn't, I'll... but I can tell you about how we got uh, Jonathan K. Kwan playing Short Round. Okay. Um, K. Kwan, uh, this was his film debut. Uh, an open casting call was put out to all the elementary schools to find a young Asian actor to play Short Round. Kwan arrived with his brother, not to audition, but merely to provide moral support. He caught the casting director's attention because he spent the entire time during his brother's audition telling him what to do and what not to do. Spielberg liked his personality, so he and Harrison Ford improvised a scene where Short Round accuses Indy of cheating during a card game. He won the role over about 6,000 other auditionees. His brother must have been pissed! <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's great, though. Oh, he did a good job. That's, yeah. the, that's but, like a Luna Lovegood story. Yeah, that's, mm. like yeah. A, that's a really good job, but again... You know, Willie. Okay, cool, but I I can't remember. If, I can't remember if you hear what happens because he's not mentioned. I don't know if he's mentioned in the third film. I can't. Mm. We'll f- we'll find out next week. You'll find out. Yeah. I'll let you know. Uh, but I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, Harrison Ford suffered a herniated disc in his back uh, in the scene where he is attacked in his bedroom by the assassin, causing production to be shut down whilst Ford was flown to Los Angeles for spinal surgery. 
A large portion of Ford's work in the fights and chases in the Temple of Doom was actually performed by the stuntman Vic Armstrong. Normally, special care has to be taken to hide the stuntman's face from the camera, but this proved unnecessary because Armstrong bears an uncanny resemblance to Harrison Ford, both in face and body dimensions. Yeah, well, I, didn't, I didn't notice. No, I didn't mm. notice at all. And That's, also, it did a really good job. Yeah, mm. and also someone that herniated her back, like in October, I, yeah. I, I feel you you that's super painful were you were you was, was your back herniated by an assassin attacking you and you choked him to death with a ceiling fan and a whip no i wish jellyfish <laughs> um but that that would also would admit like and i wouldn't be surprised if the cart scene was done afterwards because like he's in the cart yeah not really moving like it's very yeah. much like he's like all right and then he's like you move over like i think it would have been very like he doesn't have to move he doesn't do much uh, physically in that scene and not wrong yeah no he looks like, oh, yes. in. I, will, I will send this to you so that you can yes please Kate Sullivan uh, has just pulled up a picture of the stuntman Vic with Harrison and they they look very similar um, the, the caption on the bottom of it which is signed by Harrison Ford says we've got to stop meeting like this uh, best to a great stuntman Harrison Ford so Aww. yeah yeah I mean look Vic Armstrong is, is a well renowned uh, stunt, stunt performer mm. so uh, yeah Good, good stuff there. Was he there. his stunt performer in... I think he would have been too old. But in the fourth film, did they grab him to do... I don't know. Well, when we do get to the fourth film eventually, I'm sure we'll find yeah, out. I might, I might Google that myself. The python that Willie Scott mistakes for an elephant's trunk was brought to Sri Lanka for shooting by animal hander Michael Culling. But since the snake and its companion weren't very welcome in the country, he had to book them their hotel rooms under fake names, Mr. and Mrs. Longfellow. Why, that why a, weren't they welcome? Because they're an invasive species, I assume, and if they got out, then... Yeah, that would yeah. probably make sense. So I just like, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Longfellow. Yes, yeah. that, that'll work. <laughs> that's, that's a D&D naming scheme for NPCs, if oh, I've ever seen yeah. one. <laughs> it's a bit of Han Solo, like it's that thing. <laughs> Uh, Katie Capshaw's dress in the Shanghai Club was completely made of 1920s and 30s original beads. This meant that there was only enough to make one dress. So the beads are from the time period, but the dress was only put together for the film. Uh, The opening dance number was actually the last scene to be shot, but the dress did feature in some earlier location shots in Sri Lanka. Oh, it's why it's bundled up in a ball and she doesn't wear it for two-thirds of the Mm -hmm. film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, an elephant started to try and eat the back of the dress while they were filming some of those earlier shots, and they managed to save it just in time. Consequently, uh, emergency repair work had to be done with what remained of the original beads, and it was costume designer Anthony Powell who had to fill out the insurance forms. As for the reason to the damage, he had no other option to put than dress eaten by, by elephant. elephant. Wow. Amazing. That, that was a beautiful costume it was 100 percent. yeah and um maybe that's why the back was so low down (laughs) it's because an elephant took a few bites out of it (laughs) that's why she sat down on indy and like why you never saw the back back of of her her. yeah Yeah. (laughs) in the original draft there was supposed to be a motorcycle chase across the great wall of china for some reason the chinese government refused to grant permission for filming there wow we don't want you to, yeah, oh, this is like a really historical piece of our like architecture. We don't want you driving a motorbike over it. Plus all of the other camera equipment and everything yeah. that you'd have to set yeah. up there. And not yeah. Know anything. yeah. Scenes involving the Long Rope Bridge were filmed in three different continents. The entire bridge itself was built on location in Sri Lanka, and the scenes where Indy cuts the bridge were filmed there as well. The scenes where the bridge is hanging along the side of the cliff were filmed at Elstree Studios in London. The alligators were shot 
by Frank Marshall in Florida. Yeah. Amazing. Those those alligators were hilarious. They were like, all right, let's just throw some uh, meat and some material and just uh Just going to roll around it. inside the court, like yeah. around yeah. the corpses that I've just chomped on. Yeah, so good. great. Ah, oh, they were great. Uh, Kate Capshaw had to be taught how to scream for this film. Now, I didn't know that that was a thing that you had to be taught. I, mean, I guess to not hurt yourself. Yeah, just maybe. Constantly well, scream. I'm also like, so I have had to scream for stage shows. I'm not a person who screams. Mm. I'm yeah. a loud human being. I shout. Mm. So being taught to change from a person who shouts to a person who screams because you've got to go high pitch. You might not naturally. Okay. Do that. Yeah. That's fair. And also make it sound good for, for film. film. Yeah. True. Like to get the pacing and stuff. How many times do you think Kate Capshaw screamed in this? I film? think it was most of her dialogue. Mm. So I don't know. A lot. Let's go like 50 times in this film. 50 times. It's going to be way more than that, but like... It's more. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's way more. Okay. 71. Okay. 71 so, times. Yeah. So that's, that's That's an average of under one every two minutes of this film, because this film is just under an hour, two I mean, there is long. a solid two minutes in there where she screams about 25 times. Mm. So, you know, she does, does some work uh, in a bit of it, but... Um, mm. Um, yeah, story writer George Lucas explained in an interview later uh, after this film was made that one of the reasons this movie is darker and more violent than Raiders of the Lost Ark had to do with his personal life. Quote, I was going through a divorce and was in a really bad mood, so I really wanted to do dark. And Steve uh, then broke up with his girlfriend, so he was sort of in a wit too. Yeah, that's where we were at that point in time. End quote. Cool, cool. It kind of doesn't excuse the racism and misogyny, but sure. Kind of sure. sounds like these two guys needed therapy. <laughs> yes. Mm. Wait, wasn't um the wife, uh, Luke, George Lucas's wife, didn't she? Wasn't she the editor of the original Star Wars films? She was. She was heavily involved in the production and in making those things good. Yeah, they they yeah. they broken up. Funnily enough, doing three Star Wars films is is quite stressful, as uh, lots of what? people have found out what? in subsequent remakes, yeah. and it did take a toll on their marriage. Sadly, oh, did she do editing in the first Indiana Jones as well? Not sure, uh, but uh, yeah. Point point is, she wasn't around for the second one, and yeah. uh, she's probably sitting at home, dusting her hands off, going, "Good riddance!" After watching <laughs> Temple of Doom, aye aye aye. <laughs> so the final bit of trivia is one of the weirdest things that I've come across, and I'd think it was fake, but mm. for the fact that there is very badly recorded video footage showing this to be true. So I guess all listeners have to grab YouTube. Oh yeah, you'll find this on YouTube. And I'm going to play it for you after I've told you what this is. Okay. Okay. While filming the whipping scene, the crew played a practical joke on Harrison Ford. While he was chained to the large stone, Barbara Streisand appeared, dressed in a leather dominatrix outfit. She proceeded to whip him, saying, That's for Hanover Street, the worst movie I ever saw through. (laughs) She continued whipping him for Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and making all of that money. Then, Carrie Fisher threw herself in front of Ford to protect him, and Irving Kirshner chided Steven Spielberg, saying, Is this how you run your movies? Because they were interrupting the, the movie being shot. And the entire sequence was filmed. And it is on YouTube. What? It is very I... low quality. What? I don't know how to feel about this, and I just watched... Temple of Doom. That's so. hilarious. Yeah. That's, I want to watch it right now. Well, luckily for you, uh, we have a, a wonderful uh, Chrome, Chromecast TV here, so I'm just going to load it up for you to watch now. The future's now. That... The future is now. 
uh, yes. So I, I believe, because uh, I've not heard it myself, I believe that the audio is not great on this, but it is on YouTube. If you look up Steven Spielberg pulls a practical joke on Harrison Ford during the filming of Temple of Doom, uh, you will find it. Uh, and it looks a little something like this. So that is Barbara, Barbara Streisand in a yeah. dominatrix outfit. And she's walking onto the set, approaching where Harrison Ford is chained up, and he can't see her. <laughs> and she's whipping him. And there's Carrie Fisher jumping in front to save him. And she kisses him. What? And then Irving Kirshner walks out and tells them all off. Is, is Irving legitimately telling them off or is he in on it as well? I'm not sure. Was Carrie Fisher still sleeping with Harrison Ford at this point? Probably. Oh, she just keeps... Okay. And then, yeah, Barbara Streisand goes back to whipping him. A, a wow. Rough... That's funny. Yes. Uh, um, I'm just going to... One. Get... Still love Barbara Streisand. <laughs> that was funny. And I love that Carrie Fisher had her, an outfit on. It was either an outfit from Temple of Doom mm. or she was wearing a Star Wars... Because I yeah. can't really see because she yeah. put her fa- like, face off like when yeah. she was in disguise in Star Wars. I don't know which one. A part of me would love it if she was in her Star Wars outfit. Yeah. But... So there's a rough transcript that has been provided uh, under the upload. And so Barbara Streisand says, This is for Guns of Navarone. Guns of Navarone, no. And then Harrison Ford, uh, oh, uh, yeah, this is slightly convoluted. Guns of Navarone, no. For Force 10. Uh, she means Force 10 from Navarone, not the guns of Navarone. This is for Hanover Street. This is for all the money you're going to make on Return of the Jedi. Harrison Ford. Who's that? Carrie Fisher. Someone who needs you and then runs in and gives him a kiss. <laughs> Irving Kirshner. What the hell is the matter with you? Steve, come on. I don't believe one word you're saying. Now, come on. Do it again. Streisand. Give me a reason. Harrison Ford. It's the dialogue. Carrie Fisher. Can I change lines? Irving Kirshner. Listen. Like, they're just going they're and They're doing talking. like a proper improv sketch, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether or not Kirshner... Uh, you know, Kirshner was involved in it. He would have had to have been, yeah. because yeah. then he starts saying... Um, I want you to believe what you're doing. You call that shouting? You call that pain? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, so funny. Yeah, they, they did a big old uh, whip prank on Harrison Ford. Yeah. That's amazing. Which is funny because they have, like, I mean, changing the dialogue because there is that behind the video scene where I think they're, uh, it's in Star Wars and, and Harrison's, like, tied up because um, they're in the, what's that village? You know, with the tiny little cute... Oh, the Ewoks. The Ewoks, Ewoks, Ewoks yeah. yeah. And so he's tied up and you, mm. it's a behind the scenes thing and... Like that, um, all three of them are like sitting around, um, and you know they're going, you know they're working on how to say the dialogue to make it funnier, and mm. they, you know you have Harrison going, all right, so yeah, Luke and I, we should say this at the same time, like oh no, like oh, and they're wor- they're editing, they're working on the script as everyone's prepping for the next scene, and he's tied up, and I think Carrie Fisher's like, should I say it with you guys? And they go, no, 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 that won't work with the with the beat thing, mm. and like they were literally 
editing the script as the filming was happening. Mm. Uh, love actors. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that was my favourite thing I learned this week. That was random. And I, yeah. I think that's, you know, the only two things that really came out of that film was, you know, uh, a great actor was discovered and he got to be in the Goonies. Mm. Someone found love and has been married for 30 years. And Barbara Streisand I mean, in a dominatrix outfit. Part of my question is, why, like of all the people... Why Barbara Streisand though? She must be friends. Slash, she must have must, re- but like, but like, she must have really enjoyed Indiana Jones, or she really likes Harrison Ford or, or Spielberg. She knows yeah, Spielberg. Or Spielberg yeah. was I like, hey, hey, Babs, come in. I got, I got this great <laughs> idea. Um, but yeah, so look that up at home, folks, and enjoy, guys. Oh. All that remains for us to do is to score the film. And Cato Sullivan, it was your first time watching Temple of Doom, so. Stripping away all memories of Barbara Streisand in a dominatrix outfit. Oh. Take it away. It wasn't officially in the film. Oh, damn it. What's, um, what score would you give Temple of Doom out of 10? I... Ugh. Would I watch it again? No. Mm-hmm. So... All right. I, for the physical effects and the costumes and the sets, I'm going to give it a three. Mm-hmm. Out of three, three ridiculous dancers continuing their dance despite the Tommy guns out mm. of out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ca- I can't bring myself to give it more than that because of all of the things we've talked about. I just ugh, mm. no. What about yourself, Kate Willoughby? What would you give it? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. Three or four. Like I I I didn't. I found myself. Uh, I I've watched all of them. All three of them. This one did used to scare me quite a lot. Watching it as a kid. Mm. Um. I. You know. Um. You know. So. But. Yeah. It's just the the few bits of good doesn't really outweigh the re- like yeah. just story storyline wise. Just taking away the all the racism. Um. Mm. It just plot wise, it was just not written well, and no. some of the actors did a good job. Harrison Ford's, you know, still acting the sh- crap out of it. Out yeah. of, st- I realize I swear too much when I'm with you, Stephen, um, <laughs> on these. I'm trying to be better. Um, like he, he's acting the crap out of it. Like you know, the cast, Steve, uh, you know, they all do a great job. Like mm. you know, Willie's, you know, she's cr- screaming in one note, but the acting's done. She does it well. Mm. You know, short what round is do. made to be like just a cute kid stereotype, mm. um, but. It's the actor does well in making them, you know. Yeah. But I don't think it saves the movie for, and the sets and everything. I don't think it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, three. Three. Yeah. 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 It's it's a bad film. Um. It's it it clearly feels like it's that difficult second album, that difficult second racist album that that people go through. Mm. Um. It, it. It is massively culturally insensitive, and it is just a badly told film and they sort of combine into something that is just not good. Mm. Um, it's it's really quite unpleasant. I think if I was watching this alone, I would have probably stopped. I would have stopped. Yeah. yeah. I, would not, I would not have watched this by myself. Yeah. No, I think I would have gotten to a certain point and gone, yeah, this is, this is not good. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll give it um, three... Um, I'm going to give it three Barbra Streisand whips to the back out of ten because, um, 
Because I'd probably enjoy that more than this film, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then there was a good story that could have been there in, in Shanghai, and especially with the British, and especially that idea of everything being put in a museum, and he mm. learns not everything belongs where it should be type mm. sort of thing, um, especially if it wasn't a prequel, if it was a sequel. Mm. Yeah. Um, so before he was still doing things in a museum, but then in this one he realises that the British are taking things because, shocker, that's what they do. Mm. You know, China's still under... British rule, um, British rule, quote unquote, um, mm. occupation, you know, so I think it could have been a really interesting, it could have been a really interesting sequel where this guy is an adventurer who learns more about it not being in a museum. And mm. that would have worked more with what the third film is about. Because when you, when you watch the third film, I think if he had learned about that kind of stuff in the, in the sequel, that would brought more about what the third film is about for yeah. character mm. growth and stuff like that. So I think it could have been, really interesting critique um, mm. and a fun action-adventure film in the 1930s in, in China. I so think, I think it could the have thing been... we learned is that neither of them should ever write a script when they've gone through a breakup. No. And also That's George cool. Lucas, you know, he's, he's a great ideas man. Mm. That's it. He's got an interesting idea and he needs people to help him yeah. really work on it. Um, there were some interesting ideas, but, you know, they were just white guys that didn't really, you know... The Mummy's better. Watch The Mummy. <laughs> Watch the first Mummy, not the second Mummy or yeah. the third Mummy. It upsets me because The Mummy... Suffers from Rick the same o- problem? No, Rick O'Connell is a better protagonist and the, the first movie is, you know, is like a better version of Indiana Jones, but the other two movies are crap. Yeah. And Indiana Jones, that character has a great actor, but the character itself is terrible. And mm. But the films, two out of the three films are actually really good yeah and so it, it, it is a bit frustrating look maybe yeah. the upcoming uncharted film with tom holland maybe that's going to finally nail the um action adventure white guys going into temples uh no i don't film. think so i don't, don't think it, i don't i don't i don't think white watch guys two, going watch, into watch, temples uh, watch tomb raider you'll be, you'll be white happy. guys going into temples i think we're good i you're, think you reckon? i think let's go into the let's have let's have people going into museums and taking their shit back yeah Let's do let's do an inverse night at the museum. Yeah. <laughs> could be could be fun. It belongs to the indigenous people. <laughs> You're well, like, yeah, man, it, it does. Race, yeah, colonialism. Well, with all that being said, uh, all that remains for me to do is to thank both the Kates, O'Sullivan and Willoughby, thank for you. joining me on this episode. I'll see you next week. Oh yeah, we're doing one more trip to Indiana, baby. None of these films have taken place in Indiana yet. Yeah, it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you do see his childhood home for a split second though. In oh, flash, oh nice. in a, His early, his opening film is a is him as a young that's right yeah yeah Cute. yeah with river phoenix Very yes good. oh yeah yes I did, I, did, I did know about that but yes um thank you so much for joining us and uh, yes we will see kate o'sullivan back next week for for our last crusade together as we watch the last crusade it can only go up from here pretty much yeah for those of you who are listening at home thank you for listening in um, we have a Facebook page. If you want to leave comments, likes, reviews of your own, just go there, search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. We also have a Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash podcast. There's lots of bonus goodies and extra features there. And, of course, we can be subscribed to so you can get an episode each and every week and uh, find out surprising facts about pop stars performing BDSM against actors that you love uh, <laughs> if and when it comes up. Uh, <laughs> you can find that uh, and all the other content we do by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. But that's all for this week, so until next time, 
Goodbye. Bye. See ya. You cheat, Dr. Jones. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.